Our name, the bio, comes from our heritage, biogen. There in the middle is about truth, which in the hemophilia community, which is what is our primary focus, um, is very important given the AIDS crisis and a lot of the hemophilia patients who died um, very tragically uh, in the 80s because of the tainted blood. And then um, active at the end is because we want to be active. We want to be moving. We want to have urgency in what we do. Uh, We know that we can't sit still in order to be able to survive as as a standalone company. So for shareholders, what we um, what what's key to us is uh, we're a strong hemophilia um, franchise. Uh, we have an innovative pipeline. Uh, we were well capitalized with about 300 million um, that we were able to have our CEO and CFO have great conversations with Bygen to procure before we left, um, and we had already a built-in strong team. So. Um, it wasn't your typical startup. So we had two products uh, commercialized already. Uh, so we found out last uh, April, uh, a year ago April, that the company was going to spin off. Um, that's when I was offered the, the role. Um, and we basically did the spin in nine months. So it was a lot of work. Um, we had a lot of help from our colleagues at Biogen to make it happen. Um, and we have been... Um, incredibly excited about what we've been able to do. So our mission, uh, our vision is to become the leading hematology uh, rare disease company um, committed to creating significant progress for patients. So we, um, we want to make sure that we can provide um, therapies in, in areas where, um, where we haven't seen anything yet in, in the market, and we're looking at sort of extension of that. Um, and look at what else can we do in the rare disease space as well. We recently acquired um, a small company, uh, about 20 people out in um, South San Francisco. Uh, they, they have um, a, a therapy for um, cold agglutin disease, um, which basically there are some people, depending on the cold, it has these terrible um, things that happen to them, and, um, and they can have uh, thrombotic Issues, um, so we're, we're going into some other spaces already. Um, our business priorities is to maximize um, our two commercial products in hematology, which is Eloctate um, and Alprolix for factor eight and nine in, in the hemophilia space. Um, we are very, very focused on advancing our pipeline, um, and we are um, doing a lot in business development. As you guys know, business development is one of those that you're doing a lot of work, but you get no credit because no one can know what you're doing, uh, and most of them don't pan out. So we are we're very busy in that in that space. Um, obviously, the um, the acquisition that we recently did um, is a is a great example of how quickly we were able to move. And I think there's some some factors there in, in why we're able to to do that. Um, as part of a, a small company. So um, when we were looking at building out the company, um, there were really, in, in my mind, um, four key things that we needed to focus on. One was, um, so our company is made up of three different segments of employees. So one segment, which was the majority, um, probably about three-quarters of the company, they were told they were leaving Biogen and they were going to be joining Bioveritive. So they didn't get a choice. Um, we had a few people resign, um, and they didn't come with us. But for the majority, um, they, they came and be, 
became part of Bioverative and sort of are on that wait and see. We had another segment, um, probably about uh, another 10% of the, the organization, and um, mostly in GNA, uh, as well as in um, some pockets in R&D, clinical development, um, regulatory. Um, we had roles where we uh, tapped people in, at Biogen and said, we would love you to join um, this new company. I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen. Everybody talked about what happened with Baxalta, so there was a lot of angst. Are we guys going to do this, and then the day after the spin, are we going to get bought? Uh, and we were just transparent, and we said, we don't know. But what we can tell you is this management team is dedicated is to build um, a, a strong company that's here for the long haul. So what I can tell you is our commitment is to work as hard as we can to make sure that that's what happened. Everything else is outside of our control, um, but that's our commitment to you. Uh, and so we had actually a lot of people join. Uh, and then the third one is we needed to recruit. And so since November, we've hired about 140 to 50 people. Um, and the, the message really has been about um, come and build a company with us. Uh, but by the way, we're a well-capitalized company with a focus and a mission and um, clear objectives on how we're going to grow. Uh, and that message has been really um, resonating with people. So that was sort of one of the big priorities we focused on. Another one um, is flexibility in org models. So we, we have a, a, your typical model. We have sort of a head of commercial, a head of R&D, um, head of HR and, and um, public affairs, legal, and so on. But what I've done is um, I focus on, and I was at an earlier session where someone else said this, um, we focus on what is, what is the talent we need? What are we trying to do? How are we going to do it? What does that mean? And then I back comp into that. So I'm not, I've got sort of guidelines. We have structures. And a lot of what we did was we brought it over from Biogen. But we then are very flexible in if we need to add a certain level, I don't worry about that. I do what the organization needs because my premise, um, and this has worked for me for over 20 years, I first understand what's happening in the business, and then I look at how does HR need to support that. Um, and a lot of times managers come tell me what they want, and I say, don't tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. What's happening? What's going on? Why do you think you want that? And 50% of the time, it's what they said, and that's what we give them. But 50% of the time, we wind up with different solutions because they don't know the stuff that we know, right? We have certain insights that they might not have about what's happening in other parts of the business, um, and we bring our HR expertise to that as well. So. Um, we've been very flexible in thinking about the org model, and let me tell you, my CEO keeps pushing me for even more flexibility in, uh, in, in what we do, and um, that's the part that's keeping me up at night. I'm trying to figure out how to get um, a real flexible model in place, and um, it hasn't clicked there. The good news is he's worked with me for over seven years, so he knows it takes me a while, but eventually the wheels turn and I'll get there, but I'm not there yet. The other piece here is collaboration. So... One of the things that we really believe is fundamental to our success is that 
Not one employee in the company, including me, including the CEO, including the CFO, and so on, is responsible for the success of the company. We each are there because we play an important part, and so collaboration is incredibly um, important. I also believe collaboration is part of what helps with decision-making, which is something that every company I've been at has not been able to solve. And I'm not saying we've solved it yet. I don't know if we will. Uh, Maybe I'll come back and tell you whether we failed or succeeded there. Um, But part of what we, we wanted to do was really have a space that created sort of opportunity for people to come together. And so the office layout um, is, is, is designated to that. So we actually opened up um, between the floors. We have three floors. We have these um, industrial staircases, and the CEO wants people to literally bump into each other in the hall. Um, he wants people to be eating um, together. Um, so we're doing a lot. We have huddle spaces. We all have open offices, including the executive team. Um, and we try to do different things to get people into different floors as well to keep creating some of that. And the last thing is focused culture. So I have been getting a, I had been getting a lot of questions from the organization. So what's our culture? What is it going to be? Is it going to be Biogen's? Um, people loved at Biogen. We had care deeply, uh, work fearlessly, change lives. And so everybody was like, are we going to keep that credo? Um, we're like, no, we, we want to build our own identity. Um, but what I had said is we're not going to do it till the executive team aligns on how do we think about culture and what are we going to do about it. Because at the end of the day, what I said to them is I don't own culture. Um, we do as a team. But what I own is being the steward of that. So I am going to hold the mirror up to us whenever we're not living to that culture. So let's make sure that we all align to what that is. Um, and I guess the last thing, just sort of um, so you know, my I, I like simplicity. So I do have a bias that I think HR sometimes makes things more complicated than they need to be. And so I'm really a believer of that um, we actually will do better as a function by eliminating a lot of the crap that we put out there um, and I feel like I, I have an advantage because we're, we're, we're taking some things from Biogen, but I try to leave a lot of it behind, not because it was bad. I had a great career at Biogen, loved it, but it's an opportunity for us to think a little bit differently. So, you know, everybody's asking me, what's the performance management going to be? I'm like, I don't know yet. We're, gonna, we're designing it, but I'm telling you, we're, we're going we're gonna to get away from Everything's based on HR giving me some process that I need to follow. Um, I was a business partner for about for a long time in my career, and I'll tell you there isn't many conversations I had with employees following their performance management conversation where they were happy. Um, so I have a fundamental belief that our role is to make sure that we teach leaders to fish. Right, so. What I want to do is have leaders who we train um, and we teach them how to be coaches. And I'm not saying anything that's not out there. I mean, everything you read about, people talk about moving from performance management to performance coaching. Um, I really believe in that. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. 
So um, when I was um, 18, I was trying to graduate high school. My parents had been immigrants. Um, I came to the U.S. when I was seven. Um, I'm originally from the Azores. I'm Portuguese. Um, I can understand it really well. I, I don't speak very well. Um, uh, I throw in a lot of English words when I'm trying to speak to somebody. Um, so I was trying to figure out what to do. My parents didn't understand the concept of college, but I told them I wanted to go. But my, my parents couldn't afford it. They worked in manufacturing. But they said, hey, our company pays for school. So I got a job um, networking through my parents at a company called Hewlett Packard. You might have heard of that company. Um, and they paid for me to go to school. It took me 10 years, but I did it. Uh, in between there, I got married. I had two girls. Actually, I was um, expecting. I graduated July like 8th, and my daughter was born July 28th of that year. But that was my final, final class. Um, and um, so in between there, my first job at, at um, Hewlett-Packard was in manufacturing. Um, and I had a supervisor who, when she, um, uh, she was my manager for about a year. And then she left the company. But before she left, she sat me down and she said, Lucy, I see so much potential in you. And if I come back here in four years and I see you still here, I'm going to be really, really disappointed in you because you have potential. No one had ever said that to me. And that made a difference in my life in how much confidence I gained in being able to do things. And then HP had sort of a structure that helped you think about your career. So I still didn't do it on my own, but that made a big difference in my life. And so for me, the kind of company I want to be in is a company that thinks about how do we develop people from a strength standpoint and help them find what's great about them and I really believe if we could train managers to do that and then weed out the ones that can't. Maybe they go back to individual contributor jobs. They, maybe we create a technical ladder, call it whatever they want, grand poobah of whatever, as an individual contributor and be honest with them that, you know what, You're not, you, this isn't for you. Let's talk about what's the right path and then let's really use the people who are great at managing people have those jobs. So that's my hope in, as, as we build out by Averitive in what we would do um, as, as an organization. And so a lot of that um, that's important to me ultimately comes out in how I think about leading uh, an organization um, in, in HR. Um, I have three and a half minutes, so I'm going to go to um, some of the, the things that um, on the right here, culture. So there's a whole bunch of things that we've put in place. Um, maybe I'll go back here. So I've talked about um, some of this um, pieces, but we did um, little things like we wanted to make sure people saw a difference from Biogen. And so we wanted like a, a startup feel. I'd worked at a company that was 65 people at one time, and I remembered some of the great things we loved about that. So as silly as it might sound, um, we put snacks on every floor, and we have fruit um, on every floor. And um, we have, um, once a month, we have a get-together 
But part of that is we also expect people to really understand the business. And so um, I talked earlier about the stairs. So what we do is we have this thing we coined stair talks. And literally, whoever's talking, we have this big media wall that the CEO wanted. And um, we have some type of educational talk. And whoever is presenting um, first needs to talk about themselves so that everybody can get to know them. So they'll put up a slide, they'll have family pictures, or they'll have pictures about um, sports, whatever they like. But it's a way to connect um, as individuals, and people have loved it. And then we, we do the get-together. So we've added these little things that, that really has made a difference in people um, having, having that, that connection. Um, we, it's a small building, but we still put in a calf um, because we wanted people to stay in the building. We didn't want them leaving. And we're in Waltham, and the area we're in, there isn't a lot of places for walking. So we wanted to create the space. And so it's not the prettiest calf. But it works, um, and we actually do it family style. Again, a get away from the, um, the, the idea. Now, it's been a challenge for me. From a budget standpoint, we're trying to figure out who takes the extra piece of chicken and who doesn't and what are the prices. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm into things I never thought I would be. But, but it's, made, it's made a difference, and, and you see the energy in the, in the building. And so for us, um, you know, our hope is to continue to build from that. From a culture standpoint, so um, as I said earlier, we talked about what was important in culture. And what I've said to them is, look, everything we do has to stay simple. I don't know if there's anyone from Netflix in here, but everybody kept telling me that was like, oh, go look at their culture. There's so many slides. I'm like, I can't remember all that. I'm like, guys, we need to have one slide. So we have one slide on culture, and it's act now, act courageously, act together. The act now is about urgency in everything we do. Um, we, can't, we, we can't have excuses on why we don't meet deadlines. So what we talk about is, if you're not going to meet the deadline, talk to us about it early so we actually have time to maybe do something about it. And if we can't, then we all know we're going to miss the deadline. Um, and we talk about keep it simple and don't wait for meetings to make decisions. Like, don't wait for the staff meeting. Get people together and, and have the conversation. Act courageously. Some of that is to get away from some of what we've seen where people feel like you have to tell them what they need to hear um, when you're looking at upper management. And so we've talked about, look, have the courage to be honest about what's really happening in the business. It's the only way we can get better. And the last one is act together. And this gets back to the collaboration and making sure that we are we were all, all together. Um, I've talked a little bit already about um, some of the, the development is around strengths and, and pivoting off of that when we think about um, helping people progress. And then the performance management. I honestly don't know what we're going to do there. I'll tell you when I told our CFO that I was thinking about getting rid of ratings, although I know that a lot of companies are now bringing them back. He was like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm having trouble with that. Um, and I said, well, I'll get you comfortable with it. Um, uh, so I'm learning. I'm like throwing little pieces every time we meet just to get him a little bit more comfortable, get him a little out of his comfort zone. So, so we'll see um, how we do. Um, my belief really is, going back to this piece around 
teaching managers how to be coaches. And if we could do that, I don't think we need ratings. I do think we need a mechanism to differentiate, and that's the piece that I'm still struggling with. How do we do that? We have a couple of ideas um, that we're going to work through, so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. And um, we might fail, we might succeed, but one of the things I love about the CEO I work with is um, he lets me try things. And I tell him, sometimes I tell him, like, I, I don't really know the answer, but I want to try this. And he's like, let's try it. Um, and I've told him, I think it's going to be messy. I think it's going to take us three to four years to get there. But, you know, the pipeline doesn't happen overnight either. Uh, and I think it's a lot easier to move the pipeline than it is to move people. So, you know, I think we deserve the time for leaders to give us to do what we need to do to help the organization. So I'll leave you maybe with just um, what I see as my top priorities for the company. Uh, for me, our, our, my number one role is making sure that I understand where the company's heading and the strategy, and then making sure that the organizational um, structure and effectiveness can, can get us to where we need to go. So I see that as my number one um, priority as head of HR. Second one, then, is making sure that the culture that we want is living, and if it's not, being the one that, that reflects that to the organization, and then making sure that the reward, reward structures align to that culture, and we're not there yet. Um, and then um, two others. The other one is around leadership for growth. So we want to be here for the long run. We have a, a growth um, plan, so I need to make sure that we're getting leaders who can actually manage what they're not managing now. So thinking about where we're going to be in three years, I need to start making sure I have leaders now who can lead when we get there. And finally is I actually am a believer of the David, uh, Dave Ulrich model. So I think everything comes down to operational excellence. And if I can't pay people right or if um, employees are having issues with benefits um, or we're not getting back to them in a timely manner, then they're not going to let me do the other stuff. And so operational excellence has been really important for me for as of day one. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll get comments like from the head of commercial. He's like, I've never worked in an HR organization where the, the turnaround is great. Now, I'm fortunate we're only 400 people, so I have that luxury. And, and part of my challenge will be to make sure as we grow that I can keep that. Um, but we're very focused on making sure that when there's a problem, we, we resolve it. We had um, an employee in Japan who forgot their diabetes medicine, and we had to figure out how to help them make sure they could get to a doctor and get it, and how would we pay for it. I'm like, I don't know, just go get it, and then we'll figure that out after. Um, but that, that's the stuff that, again, luxury we could do at small company. What I want to do is figure out how do I do that moving forward so as we grow that I can keep the balance of small company with, um, with the growth where we need to go.